Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How y'all doing today, huh? How's it going? How's your week going? You getting stuff done? Are you busy? Are you doing all the things you need to do? I hope so. I hope you're having a lot of success this week with whatever you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in my studio staring out the window. You know, of course, talking into the microphone, but looking out the window and it's just, you know, a winter wonderland out there. It's frozen. About three feet of snow everywhere and the trees are covered and it's just you know, so cold outside. Probably like 20 degrees or 14 or 15 degrees outside right now. And I'm just in here, you know, nice and cozy, nice and warm. You know, staring out the window, doing some talking, and I've got a big old hot cup of coffee here. I just got it prepared. I'm going to take a sip really quick. I suggest if you have coffee, uh, you may want to take a sip of your coffee, too. Oh, man. You know, I'm going with a different brand of coffee today. I normally go with Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You know, I brew it at home or I go to Dunkin Donuts and I'll pick one up for the podcast and uh, this time around I decided to go with Maxwell House because I just recently watched this thing about Tom Petty believe it or not a big hero of mine you know one of my favorites Um, apparently he preferred Maxwell House coffee uh, in his house and I guess the story goes like this uh, Tom Petty and his wife were on vacation somewhere, maybe like in you know South America or something like that. I forget where it was, to be honest. But uh, they were at a restaurant having breakfast, and they were serving coffee with the breakfast. And the coffee that he had was so good, like it tasted so good, that he went back into the kitchen and he asked the kitchen manager you know what kind of coffee they used and he told them it was just Maxwell House coffee so Tom Petty like insisted okay that the only coffee that he ever drank was Maxwell House coffee because of that vacation because of that experience and I heard this story and I thought it was kind of funny and, uh, you know, kind of cool, too. Those little weird kind of like idiosyncrasies that people have, you know. And uh, so I decided that I would buy myself a little thing of Maxwell House coffee and give it a shot. And, you know, I got to say, it's not terrible, okay? Um, I'm no uh, connoisseur of coffee or anything, but uh, it's not really as good as my normal Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I got to say, I gave it a try, though. I gave it a... A test run, you know, you got to try new things. And, you know, I'm just wild and crazy trying Maxwell House coffee instead of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You know, I'm living on the edge here. Um, yeah, so a little bit of information that, you know, will probably not benefit anyone whatsoever. But, you know, nevertheless, you know, you got it anyway. And you know what? Like I've said before in the past, this is a podcast that's not necessarily concerned about talking about things that are only very important, you know. If anything, I guess, especially now in these weird times we live in, maybe, just maybe, the Singularity Podcast is a refuge, you know, 
for a, a place for people to come and listen to some content that's not, you know, politically charged and, you know, causing anxiety, you know, and hopefully it's the opposite of that, you know, like everybody just kind of gathers around. I talk for a little while and you can get a little break away from the world, you know, and all the BS that's going on right now. And I am going to talk about that today because, you know, I got to say, sitting back here, you know, in the center of uh, this political circus that we find ourselves in, really, it's happening all over the world. Um, You know, I'm smack dab in the middle, kind of like just watching and listening and observing. And I got to tell you, I have mentioned it before, but I'm going to talk about it a lot today, you know. There is this weird kind of, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a a state of mind, you know, maybe even a psychosis, you know, um, with COVID. You know, people are just absolutely obsessed about COVID. And it's not like that with everyone. It's only like that with a certain percentage of people. Um, And... I am witnessing it firsthand. I'm watching this play out, you know. Hang on, I'm going to get a sip of my Maxwell House coffee. Okay. You know, um, there's a person I know. I wouldn't necessarily call her a friend, okay. But uh, she's an artist, and I've noticed that uh, she has developed, okay, this disorder, okay? That's, that's what I would call it. Um, uh, borderline agoraphobia, which is, you know, the fear of crowds, you know, the fear of being in a crowd. Um, she's afraid of being around anyone outside of her home. Uh, for fear that she's going to catch the virus, you know? And I, I'm shocked by how obsessed she is with it. And like I said, not just her, but she's a good example of this extreme, you know? And okay, maybe she's like, you know an unusual person and you know she's the rare exception but I don't think so I'm noticing that and maybe you're noticing this too with the people that are around you and maybe even uh, you know you are this way yourself I, I don't know I don't know but like people are so afraid of COVID and I should say okay hang on some people are so afraid of COVID and others are just kind of ambivalent to it. They, they don't really care and they don't really worry about it. And you get these extremes, you know, and I just, I don't know what to make of it. It's so unusual and so bizarre. I mean, can you imagine being afraid to even leave your house, you know, for fear of getting the COVID virus, you know, like you won't even go to the grocery store or you won't even go get gas in your car. You won't even go for a ride in your car, just for a drive. 
you know, because you're so afraid of getting COVID. I mean, isn't that strange? It's, uh, you know, I guess I can understand the idea, okay, that people, you know, when confronted with their mortality, you know, they react, you know, it's uh, a visceral reaction, you know, most people, you know, don't want to die. And, you know, most people want to live a healthy and productive life. And they don't want it cut short by some virus that's going around. And, you know, okay, so I can understand that, you know. And uh, so we wear a mask, right? And, and But now they're actually suggesting, <laughs> okay, that we wear more than one mask. Now, that is probably, in my opinion, okay, and I'm not a medical expert, okay, but in my opinion, that's pretty damn silly to even suggest, you know. And of course, of course, there are people who will, you know, comply. They'll wear two masks. And if they tell them to wear three masks, they'll wear three masks. But then you got this other group of people on the other side of the issue that will not wear a mask. You know, they're, they're refusing and they're willing to you know, suffer the consequences socially or, you know, politically or whatever, by not wearing a mask. So what I don't understand is that, you know, a lot of the people that I know that are really obsessed about this whole virus thing are highly educated people. You know, they're extremely intelligent people. At least I would consider them to be you know, very intelligent people. And yet they're, you know, they're actually becoming like irrational. They're irrational. Like their thinking, their behavior, their conduct, the way they talk, the way they think, the way they are treating people. It's almost like they've become a new person. And this new person that they've become is really, well, sad and miserable, you know? It shocks me. And I have to talk about it because, you know, it's like it's in my face. It's in my life, you know? Um, I guess I could say, okay, that I know probably about 10 or 15 people that are flipping the script about this COVID thing. And uh, I suppose I won't, you know, flog the issue to death, but, you know, I figured it's worth talking about and mentioning. I wonder if uh, you, the listeners, the happy innovators, are experiencing anything like that yourselves, like in your lives, like the people that normally behave a certain way, you know, um, they're cool, they're intelligent they're professional or something and all of a sudden over the past year they've you know morphed into this other person you know they're bitter and they're negative and they're you know, yelling at people and they're you know terrified and you know they're admonishing people who are not complying with all of the rules and 
you know, I guess they're called Karens, right? I've talked about that before, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who normally are like, you know, in charge. They're like leaders. They're, you know, professional people. And their behavior is so off the chain and so bizarre. I, I have to wonder, you know, I, and I think I have mentioned this before. You know, because I wonder why I'm not that way. You know, why are these people that I know that are, you know, you know, at least according to my standard, are much more intelligent than I am. They're much more educated than I am. Uh, Why are they flipping out and melting down over this COVID thing? And I'm not. Now, is it because I'm stupid and I, you know, I don't understand it and I'm not taking it seriously enough? Maybe, maybe I have to concede to that. You know, I have to, but I don't know. I don't think so. I think that the difference is, at least as far as I can tell, the only difference really between like my lifestyle and let's say the lifestyle of this friend of mine who has now become an agoraphobic person, uh, you know, afraid to leave her house. She's afraid to leave her house. She will not leave her house. Think about that. That's insane. That's crazy, right? But the only difference is, well, there are more than one difference, I suppose. Okay. And this is just a theory, like a hypothesis that I have, but you know, I don't drink city water. Okay. I don't watch television and I don't have a smartphone. So there's three elements right there that I think might have something to do with this, you know, chasm of difference between me and this friend of mine. Right now. I mean, that's only like, I guess a theory or something because, you know, I'm convinced, I guess, at this point that probably like having a smartphone turned on all the time, uh, constantly drilling, you know, COVID and Trump and, you know, Democrats, Republicans, you know, politics, you know, uh, you know, the attack on the Capitol, you know, the constantly constantly this barrage of information you know and you know I'm not really subject to that as much well particularly because like I said in my last podcast I have kind of like dropped out and tuned out of social media but I don't have a smartphone I'm I'm not on a leash all day you know I go pretty much the entire day without really using a telephone or seeing one unless I really need to talk to somebody or about something. So I'm not getting this constant barrage of, you know, updates about the status of this thing, you know, that's happening in the world. I'm not tuned in. I'm not completely tuned out. I'm not, you know, like I said in the last podcast, I'm not sticking my head in the sand. You know, I'm 
responsible enough and, you know, intelligent enough to know that I need to pay attention to some of it, you know, at least have a, you know, a baseline understanding of what is being purported and what is being claimed by people in the media and people on, you know, social media or whatever. But the, there must be, there, there must be a connection between these people that I know that are flipping out and they're terrified, absolutely terrified. Okay. Um, and their phones, you know, and, and just constantly being updated about how horrible things are. You know, you can only take so much of that in before it really starts to affect your emotions and your thinking and your, you know, hope, your sense of hope. And of course, we're hearing now, like, there are all these reports of people that had committed suicide because of the loneliness that COVID has brought on and all that. I mean, people are really kind of, a lot of people anyway, not everybody, but a lot of people are really kind of flipping out, you know? And I suppose to a certain degree, um, I don't have to deal with too much of that because I do spend the majority of my time in the studio alone, you know, working on stuff. And so... You know, thank God, like I don't have to be surrounded by people that are, you know, negative and, you know, borderline insane. You know, their behavior is insane. Um, It's so irrational, you know. So I won't talk about that too much more, but think about that, folks, you know, and maybe, I don't know, if you have the time or the inclination, leave a comment. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misguided or I'm misjudging the situation that I'm witnessing. But I I don't think so. I don't think so. And, you know, some of these people that are flipping out, they're people that I've known for a long time and been in my life for a long time. And they're just so, you know, over the top, like just so whacked out and so scared about this thing. And it's like okay, you know, I, I guess you, you know, you can, you can feel that way if you want, but I'm not sure it's really that deep, you know, I'm not really sure it, it, that's required, you know, so think about it, you know, ponder that, and like I said, if you feel like it, I don't know, leave a comment or something, tell me about somebody that's you know, in your life, maybe you have an experience like this, or I don't know, whatever you want to do. I'm open to pretty much anything, you know. So, and what else? Did I, oh, you know, I wanted to talk about. <laughs> did you guys get the, uh, you know, see that clip of that? Uh, me- that it was like a meeting online <laughs> of like this uh, judge with two lawyers, you know, and they were having like a remote Zoom chat kind of like court hearing. And, uh, you know, one of the guys, older fella, the lawyer, um, accidentally put like a avatar on his Zoom. Uh, so he was a kitten, you know. Did you guys check that out? Did you see that? You probably are wondering what the hell I'm talking about. But 
I don't know, just Google, you know, lawyer and cat and Zoom, you know, and it'll come up. And oh my gosh, it is one of the funniest things I think I have ever seen in my life. I laugh so hard. I'm, you know, every time I think about it, <laughs> I just laugh so hard. I, I don't know why. If you get an opportunity, check it out. It is so funny. That's one of the great things about the world, you know? There's a lot of very funny people in the world, and a lot of really funny stuff happens, you know? And there's some stuff that happens that's not so funny, too, but, you know, we could talk about that some other time. But, you know, isn't it true? I mean, there are some really, really funny people, uh, especially if you go kind of like check out the comments on certain things when people are being sarcastic and stuff and oh my gosh it's so funny you have to laugh but uh, you know I've been thinking lately about this this idea you know of uh, like Black Lives Matter and the, you know, the racial issues you know the issues with race in America and stuff and you know I hear you know a lot of negative things lately you know but it's kind of strange because i don't necessarily see the world that way you know yes there are still you know these bastions of racism that are still holding out somewhere you know in society you know there's groups of people that are just never going to you know accept people that are different you know they're just not going to but I'm not one of them you know obviously I'm you know a pretty open-minded person and you know for the most part I kind of believe I guess that we really are all the same in a lot of ways and we're all really just trying to make it and trying to you know keep food on the table and try to you know uh, have some semblance of a life and some fun once in a while, you know, everybody's kind of working for that, you know, at least the ones who can work that, you know, because there's some people who, especially nowadays with COVID, they can't work, which I can't even begin to fathom what they're going through right now. I can't even imagine it, but, you know, as far as race is concerned and issues of race, at least in my life, and in my experience, um, I got to be honest with you. I really kind of feel that, you know, America, at least the America that I live in, the America that I know, uh, has come a long way on race. And, you know, maybe things aren't perfect and maybe they never will be. I don't know. But, uh you know, I watch like a lot of sports. I watch a lot of things where, you know, music, you know, groups, a lot of these these situations where white and black people and you know, all kinds of different people are coming together and they're working together and they're doing fine. You know, there's no tension or problems. They're you know, deep-seated friendships and genuine love for each other. And, you know, there really is no, um, there is no room or 
no need to even recognize the difference in skin color or something. It's not important. You know, it, it becomes something that you see past, you know, just the same as anything else. Like if you know somebody who has a physical handicap, you know, I happen to know, happen to have known um, a few people who did. And, um, you know, one of them I loved, you know, I looked past the physical handicap. I mean, that that happens, you know, when you're when you are in a relationship with someone, whether it's friendly, you know, or it's romantic or whatever, um, you know, there there is no time or there's no need to recognize the differences. Maybe in the beginning there is, like when you first meet somebody who has cerebral palsy, right? You notice they have cerebral palsy. But after talking to them for years and being around them for years, um, you don't even recognize it anymore. You know? Do you know what I'm saying? At least that's been my experience. You know. In fact, you know, a while ago, you know, obviously because I've been married now for a long time. But before I was married, um, I dated a black girl. Okay, and. Nobody in my family minded. Nobody in her family minded. We didn't mind. I mean, everything was fine. It was great. Um, she's one of the greatest people I've ever known. And oh boy, did I like her. Woo, man. I liked her. <laughs> I loved her. <laughs> I won't say her name. I'll protect her anonymity. But... We went to this concert together one time, and uh, it was Jesus Jones. We went and saw them at a club called the Agora in Cleveland. And uh, at the time, uh, she was attending the Cleveland Institute of Art. And uh, I was like just in a band doing the music thing, you know? And uh, we had met, and uh, I wouldn't say that we fell in love, Okay, but we definitely were into each other. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the fact that she was black was part of the attraction, you know, that she was different, you know. But uh, she was also brilliant. And anybody who knows me knows I go for brilliant. I like intelligent people. I like to be around intelligent people. I like to surround myself with people that I consider to be intelligent. And she certainly was. She went on to be very successful in her life. Um, she works for an auto company, you know, one of the majors. And she designs cars. That's what she does for a living. And, uh, you know, what's strange about that whole experience was at the time I was dating her, okay, and everything was fine and groovy and we had no problems, okay? I had this one dude that I hung out with all the time. He was my best friend and he didn't like her, okay? And, you know, he did have a tendency to be one of those people that I would consider to be, you know, racist, you know, he had a, he noticed the differences between people and he liked to point them out. 
okay? And uh, he referred to this girl that I was dating. I guess you could call her at the time she was my girlfriend, okay, for a little while. Um, uh, he referred to her as the Oreo. Yeah, he really did. And this was a guy that I was really close to, like one of my best friends, probably my best friend. And, you know, he would ask me, how's the Oreo doing? And an example, okay, that's an example of how that kind of thinking can still emerge. But, you know, aside from him, okay, all the people around her and I, family members included, nobody cared, (laughs) that she was black or that I was white. Nobody cared. And, you know, my dad, my my father, worked with a lot of guys that were black guys, and they would come to our house and um, got to meet some of them. And they were my dad's friends, and it was not unusual or different or anything. And, you know, I hear all this talk nowadays about it, about how, You know, there's all this racism and people are offended and all that. But I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if that's just that, you know, once again, the far left and the far right, you know, going at it. Because here in the middle, like in the center, everybody seems to be doing all right with the whole, you know, race and, you know, differences and stuff, racial differences. It's not really a problem that much anymore like on the street street level with normal people that are just trying to make it we've come pretty far past all that stuff you know especially since what the 1960s and the civil rights movement I mean there are some things that we see now that are talked about that you know they just don't make any sense. Like when they used to have separate bathrooms and separate water fountains for black people and for white people, it's like hard to believe that that was ever acceptable in our society. Like we've come that far away from that where, where the, an idea like that is bizarre and strange and cruel, really that idea is it's like it's so odd that that was ever the status quo like who thought that was a good idea you know it's just insane and that's kind of like you know I guess an example of how far we've come like not only are these ideas like frowned on and You know, these ideas of separating things and all that kind of stuff. Segregation, you know, the ideas of segregation are not only like, you know, looked down on, but they're like whacked out and crazy. Like, no, like that, like that should never, there should never be a situation where a black man or any other man, you know, from a different ethnic background or something or different whatever has to go into a different you know water fountain to get a drink of water that's just it's so at this point 2021 
You know, for most people, that's like whacked out and weird that they would ever do that. You know, there's not a whole lot of people really in the world, at least in my world, that are like cheering for that to like make a comeback. Like, let's segregate again. No, it's like we've come so far away from that, you know, and I don't know. That's just my experience. I don't agree that America is like really racially divided like that. I think maybe with certain groups of people that may be the case. But those are just certain groups of people that I stay far away from. You know, I have nothing to do with. And the majority of people I know stay away from them and have nothing to do with them. You know, so like I said, I'm not... I'm not convinced that racism is as much of a problem today as it was 40 years ago or something like that. Or even when I was a young kid, you know, when I was a youngster, we've come so far, especially the younger generations. When I see how fluid they are with, you know, how they deal with race and differences and things like that, there's so much more advanced in that department than we were when we were their age, you know, but I mean, I suppose they are still kids and we are the adults and we are the ones who, you know, make an impact on society. And like I said, you know, pretty much I could say at this point, uh, pretty much everybody I know doesn't have a problem with race. It's not an issue anymore. You know, it's we've moved on. And uh, what it basically boils down to is, are you an asshole? But that's what it boils down to. Uh, you know, are you an asshole or not? Because that's really all that matters at the end of the day, right? Is if someone acts like a jackass. Like, why would you want to be around a person who hangs around and, you know, makes trouble and acts like a jackass? You wouldn't. Right. That's like the line that is drawn in the sand these days. As far as I can see, as far as my experience goes, it's like, how do you treat people? That is what decides who hangs out with who, you know, not skin color and all that. It's not. I, 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 okay. 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 I would be intellectually dishonest if I said that is never the case anymore. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, you know, there are no issues with race in America or something. I'm not saying that. I'm not naive. I understand that, yes, of course, that's the case. But I don't know. It's really not that big of a deal to me and to the people that I talk to, regardless of what they look like or whatever life decisions they've made or something. It's so, I don't know, sensationalized and overblown. And, you know, I know there are some people who will listen to this diatribe of mine today and they'll go, oh, he's so wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Hey, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe in your world, I'm wrong. But in mine, you know, it's, you know, we are so far past, you know, racism and stupid things like that you know 
And I wouldn't be friends with anybody anymore who had a problem like with people's ethnicity or race or something. I wouldn't associate myself with them, you know? It's weird, you know? Because it all kind of ties into you know, this behavior thing, you know, we're, we're watching people who normally are, you know, really sane and lucid, you know, critical thinkers, and they're just so off the chain, and the, the news media and all that stuff doesn't help, you know, they add to the problem, they add fuel to this fire, but I'm sure the for a lot of the people that are listening to this right now, you probably agree with me. Like, like we've come a long way. Like, it, it, it's not like it was back in the 60s anymore. A lot of that stuff has gone the way of the dodo bird, and rightfully so. You know? But, uh, all these people that I've known, including that that girl that I dated, she's another one. She's kind of, I gotta say, you know, because I'm still in, I'm still somewhat, somewhat in contact with her still. Uh, not so much anymore because I, you know, I gave up on the social media thing. But, um, you know, she was getting a little wackadoo too, you know. Uh, highly successful, very intelligent, college educated, you know, uh very ambitious and like now she's kind of what you know kind of what's the word disintegrated you know (laughs) into this weird person that's like going COVID crazy you know and uh, it's so common so common the psychosis of COVID you know it's almost like you can make it one word, like psychovid, you know, that COVID psychosis, that weird over the top, you know, terror. They're terrorized. They're, they're afraid. Oh, people are so, so sad in that way, you know, um, I suppose, I guess if we know people like that, and I do. You know, we should be doing our best to reach out to them and to help them along if we can. But uh, I'm not sure how this ends and I'm not sure when it ends. And truthfully, I'm not sure if it will. I mean, for some of these people, it could be this kind of thing where even after COVID, uh, God willing, uh, goes away and we get to some, you know, sense of normal again. You know, maybe some of these people will still be stuck in their COVID psychosis. And how that manifests itself, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. That if all this COVID stuff were to just go away, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, I'll tell you, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be so happy. You know, like, it's going to be like a party all over the world. Because, you know, especially like at sporting events and stuff like that, when the crowds are allowed to be there again, uh, for the teams and for the 
fans and concerts and bands and fans and all the people. It's going to be a happy day when this COVID thing ends. And uh, does it end with a vaccine? Oh, boy. That's the topic for another podcast. Oh, boy. Can't believe this is the world that we're looking at right now. Can't believe it. And some of these friends of mine, uh, I'm in shock. I'm in shock. I'm so shocked. I talked about it in a podcast for an hour. It's just so unusual. Don't know what to make of it, but I know that I don't feel that way about COVID. I know I'm not going COVID crazy, you know, and I'm not sure why, but I'm just grateful that I'm not, you know, that extreme and that whacked out. You know, maybe in other ways I am. I don't know. Let me get a, get a sip of my coffee and think about that. Hmm. Maxwell House. Eh, I don't know. Is it the worst coffee I've ever had? No, but I'm not in agreement with Tom Petty on this one. Uh, I think my Dunkin' Donuts coffee is better, but nevertheless... Any cup of coffee is good. So, I'm going to have another sip. Oh, man. That was a big one. Whew. Anyway. So, my happy innovators. What else is going on? There's not a whole lot really going on right now with me. Just working on a lot of music and stuff. And um, kind of enjoying myself, really. You know, I've got some new equipment and um, getting new equipment for a guy like me. It could be the smallest little thing. And it's everything is uh, like a tool, you know, a new tool to use uh, in my laboratory here, you know. And uh, just, like I said, even the smallest little uh, new piece of equipment can you know, get me excited and get me kind of inspired to get in here and tinker around, mess around. And, uh, I have quite a bit of fun. I really do. It's really a, a great way to spend my days, you know. Um, and hopefully it pays off for you guys. Like you get to enjoy, you know, my brain food, you know, <laughs> the fruits of my, my noggin, you know. Or maybe not. Maybe you hate everything I do. <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. I, I seem to be making stuff that some people enjoy. So that's good enough for me. And it's probably the end of my podcast for today because I don't really have anything else I really want to talk about. Although if you were sitting here in front of me right now, we could probably talk for hours. And uh, I would listen too. You know, I don't just talk. I listen. Um... But anyway, my happy innovators, that's it for now. Uh, I'll be giving you another podcast pretty soon. I'm sure I'll I'll come up with something that I need to get off my chest. But in the meantime, you know, keep an eye on the people around you. Observe the people around you. Observe their behavior and, you know, decide for yourself. Like, isn't it a little odd? Isn't it a little strange how people are acting right now? And with that, my happy innovators, remember this. 
that if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, all you happy innovators that were brave and daring enough to stick around to the end of the podcast to hear some music. Got a song for you today. It's a song from the Pipe Choir Escon's album, a song called Monashine. M-O-N-A-C-H-I-N-E. Monashine. And uh, it's a song that I like a lot. I, it's one of the songs from... Uh, the Escon's album that I go back and listen to every once in a while. It was one of the standouts for me on that album. And, um, uh, I, you know, I worked really hard on Monashine. And uh, it's kind of one of those songs, I guess, that um, because while I was working on that song, there were a lot of events taking place around me at that time, like on a personal level. And uh, it was right when I started talking to my friend Brenda again. If you remember me talking about her uh, in my past podcasts, you know, she had recently passed away about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. And, um, you know, I started to talk to her again after like a 20 year break. We reconnected and it was really great just being able to talk to her and you know, kind of see how she was doing, how her life went, you know. And uh, I was working on Monashine, like, right at that time. So whenever I hear Monashine, I kind of remember her. I think about the time. I think about what the weather was like. I think about, you know, what was going on in my life at that time. And the music is kind of like a soundtrack to that. So check this song out. It's pretty heavy, pretty cool hard-hitting song um, and uh, one that people seem to have like uh, latched onto a little bit like they, they get it they like it so check it out Pipe Choir Monashine from the Escon's album 2017 and uh, have a good week everybody take it easy
Snatch the air.